Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. I am your host and CEO of Team Builder, Hewitt Tomlin. Today's guest is probably overdue. Uh, Gary Schofield is the director of the NHSSCA. He is also the director of youth and education uh, at Play. And uh, we talk a little bit about play. We talk a little bit about NHSSCA. And the reason I say Gary is overdue for this podcast is because, you know, Gary is probably the most involved and impactful person on the high school strength and conditioning uh, uh, industry or market. Uh, No one really has as much influence or has done as much for it and will continue to do more for it in the near future than Gary will. And considering that about half of our customers are high school strength and conditioning coaches, I felt like it was probably relevant to have Gary on and talk a little bit about the NHSSCA, the direction of that organization. Uh, Also talk about the work he's doing with play and then a little bit about his own approach personally to his strength and conditioning career at this point uh, and how he kind of handles everything and where he where he finds and sees himself as being most impactful on the high school strength and conditioning uh, space. So with that being said, uh, I'm proud to have Gary on. He's been a friend of team builders for a long time and uh, we had a great podcast. So here it is. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We go back a couple of years here. And um, yeah, I think I just had a moment and I was like, you know what? I haven't had Coach go on the podcast and that's a shame. People got to hear from this guy. And if they haven't heard from him already, which would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, my I tend to talk a lot. So they probably have heard me at some point. <laughs> yeah, you've got multiple platforms, you know, between the NHS SCA, uh, Play, and just your personal platform, people know you as a coach and you can speak on your name alone and, and you know, that, that carries weight in the industry. So uh, you juggle a couple things all at once, don't you? Yeah, always joke about it. It's my life kind of exists about making sure the balls don't fall on the ground. It's not about how many balls are in the air. It's about how many I can keep in the air. So, but I, yeah. I, I love to live life that way. I, I talk about it all the time is I think people People tend to say, oh, I, I'm passionate about strength and conditioning or I'm passionate about coaching. Listen, whatever I'm doing, I want to do that with passion. I don't want to chase a passion. I want to do it with passion. So uh, I like I choose to do multiple things because um, I have fun doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's that's that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is is doing a lot of things, hopefully to help people. You know, a lot, man, a lot, a lot of my life was spent just trying to serve me, uh, and trying to get mine, so to speak. And, um, I, I'm, I'm glad I've, I've matured a little bit, to, to maybe understand that life is a lot bigger when you start serving others. Do you feel like you've gotten good at, or, or had to get good at saying no? Do you ever turn down or like deprioritize things? I'm sure a lot of opportunities come along. Yeah, I've had to more recently. Cause you get, obviously I think the longer you, you go and i maybe the more you work, sometimes more opportunities present themselves. And you just have to, I, I have, I've had to get to the point where it wasn't the opportunities that were important. It was the effort and the energy I was going to pour into those opportunities that were important. And, and, and obviously you have too many balls in the air. You can't pour that much energy into it. So you have to make decisions. And, you know, you know, I've chatted about this and it's, and people sometimes are afraid of making choices. They're afraid because they know what they do well, and they tend to want to just live in that land. Uh, but you gotta be, you gotta be willing to go ahead and sometimes fall on your face and, and make a mistake. And that's okay. Um, and sometimes saying no to really good opportunities 
opportunities is, is part of that. And sometimes saying yes to really bad opportunities is sometimes uh, yeah. part of that, that growing process too. Yeah. So like speaking, for instance, a lot of folks want you to, to speak, right? I invited you to come and speak on behalf of Team Builder at the Huddle Conference, which that was kind of an easy one, right? The 20,000 yeah, high school football awesome. coaches. Um, do you ever have to discern what you will speak at? Or are you kind of in the mindset that you'll speak at anything you get the chance to speak at? Yeah, I mean, I think if it, I, I'm at the point in my career where I, I want to make the biggest impact for the most amount of people. So if it's just mm-hmm. speaking to get my name out there, if it's just speaking to get in front of people, if it's just speaking for publicity or marketing or promotional, uh, I, I, that doesn't that doesn't turn the engines. And I'm, I'm not saying we all don't do that because we live in a business world, and, and I, I would I wouldn't say that. And coaches need to recognize that a little bit and get the value that you're worth. Uh, I'm not I'm not a coach that tells you that you should be giving away anything. But on the same token, that's not what drives drives the engine for me. It drives the engine is if if I think it's going to impact the profession or the people in it, um, then. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to say no for those reasons because, again, uh, you know, without trying to be too too uh, 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 sentimental or whatever, but my my life has changed a little bit from where it was self serving to hopefully serving others. I mean, I really want that 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 focus on the on this backside of my life to be to be mm-hmm. at least serving others. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll pivot into NHSSCA which is you know, a big platform yeah. for you and just a great organization. By the way, people, when I talk to folks who aren't so familiar with it, they really botch NHS. And I'm like an expert by now. So I love being a little snooty and being like, hey, man, it's the NHSSCA. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we first started it, we're like, hey, that's too many initials. And I'm like, I don't know what, how else are we going to do it? And they're like, all right, we ended up going with it anyway. You just go with it. Yeah, it yeah. T- took me about maybe two years and now no problems. I got yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, you know, not to relitigate how the organization came about, but, um, you know, the bigger the bigger organization out there, to sum it up, just wasn't really uh, putting the uh, resources into what is a large cohort of strength coaches, which is the high school strength and conditioning. And we can get into that for a while, but we won't. But out of that was born an association. You took the initiative to lead on that. And um, it's been, I think, three years now, or has it been longer? We're actually in our fifth, believe it or not. Wow, yeah, that's on me. Time it, flying. It, it is absolutely amazing that we're in. Uh, and I, you've been there from the start, so, um, yeah. so no. But it is. It's it's an absolutely amazing. Yeah, this this will be our um, our fifth uh, national conference and award celebration this year. And we're coming, by the way, to Team Builder, sending a crew up I, there to Minnesota. We've heard you, you got to visit Minnesota in the summer, not in the winter. So we're taking it. Yes, exactly. Right up there. Um, so with that being said, have you and Rich or any of the directors or leadership, you know, had a retrospective where you just looked back at the fi- at the last five years? And, and if so, how would you sum it up? How would you how would you describe how the last five years went? Yeah, I mean, I, I would sum it up real quick. And yes, we have. Uh, so Rich Gray, uh, Kevin Vanderbush, Fred Eves, whose birthday is today, yeah. uh, and, and myself in, in 2016, uh, just really charted a course a little bit that other people have talked about forever. We, we weren't inventing 
anything new or a concept of something new. But people had talked about it a lot. And as you say, there are plenty of professional organizations out there that work their fannies off to serve the overall profession, but no one uniquely directed into the high school market, which, as you know, 37,000 plus high schools in the United States alone Mm -hmm. to on average 3.2 coaches per school are in the weight room with their teams. And if you're in the weight room, you are a strength coach. Um, Every one of them, every one of them wants to do well for the kids. No one of those coaches, no teacher, no educator wants to harm any individual. They want to pursue play more play better they want their kids to play more less injured they want them to play better increase performance and so we wanted to help with that and so that's where that kind of drove our mission is driven uh to educate equip and empower coaches from around the country to make a positive impact in the lives of those student athletes um and so with that in mind yeah looking back i think the one word that comes to mind is family um, we use that a lot, hashtag family a lot in the things that we do, but we've we've created, I believe, a positive culture of connectivity amongst coaches. It's uh, where people are unafraid to say they don't know something, where people mm-hmm. are unafraid to share where they failed, where people uh, in this day and age, when you post a failure uh, and not get ridicule or post an opinion on a Facebook page and not get 75 people that you've never heard of make fun of you. That's pretty powerful. And I, and I feel like that has been organic, but also purposeful both, right? It's not just organic, but it's been, it's been purposeful because you, you grow what you water, right? But you also have to weed. And so I think we've done that fairly well as an association. We have a lot of growing to do and a lot of impact still ahead of us, but I would say in one word, it's that family concept. Yeah, I think you're right. You look at when the the group started and there was that natural kind of excitement that we have a new thing going. And it's easy for folks to get excited when when it's new and it's in the beginning stages. But still today, people use the hashtag, they say it, um, they're just as enthusiastic as they were when the group started five years ago. And it took you to say that to make me kind of realize it, but that's definitely true. Um, the Facebook group is a fantastic resource, right? Um, it's it's almost like a cornerstone, I think, of the uh, of, of the organization, which is funny to say. Um, but you're right. The, the, the group, it's not like some other groups where you can post something and someone out of the blue comes out and just says bullshit. You're right. There's none of that going on. Mm-hmm. But and you, and you say it's pretty organic. But I think to some degree, you know, the leaders of the association have to kind of manage the quality control. Right. Can you share just some things that you would consider like um, best practices or guidelines for a coach posting on the Facebook group and maybe even for a vendor? You know, what, what is it, what is appropriate behavior? What does it mean to be a good contributor to the group as opposed to kind of making things awkward? Like you see in other groups, unlike the NHS. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, and, and this will be, this is an important thing to talk about because we're about ready to undertake a complete overhaul of not just our social media platforms, but also our website where we're, we're really going to focus on um, bringing professional content, but personal connections. I think, Mm -hmm. I think we have to keep in mind uh, that the, the, the way in which you grow family, the way in which you truly learn is when you build connections. It's not just through content. I mean, content is dime or dozen content. I can Google something right now and have 50 speed lessons on there. But when I can call that individual and say, Hey, listen, but when you have a ninth grader in the midst of it, how do you handle that? That's a different, different section. It's a different, different component. So the first thing I'll tell you with social media, when we talk about that is the minute you post anything, it's no longer personal. So don't give me this nonsense about, hey, I'm going to give you my personal opinion about 
and exercise or politics or religion. No, the minute you posted it, it's it's no longer personal, it's public. So get get that out of your head and understand that everything you post is now public. And is that is that the image that you want to portray as much as the image um, or the message uh, that you that you're sending as well? So I think sometimes people think, well, that's just my opinion. No, when you put it out there now, it becomes a public matter. So let's just let's be let's be professional and adult about those types of things. We can have disagreements. Believe me, and you know me, Hewitt, mm. I say some controversial type training components. There are plenty of, of disagreements with me that I've agreed with that over time I've gone, you know what? I was wrong and they were right. And that's an awesome opportunity to learn without it becoming a personal attack. So I, I, I would say that that's, that's an important piece. I would say from a, a vendor or from a, uh, a partner, we like to call them partner standpoint. Partner, yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like vendor. I don't like sponsor. It's a, it's a true partnership. If it's a true partnership, then if you have something to offer that helps the profession or the people in it, mm-hmm. don't hesitate. That's not sales. Yeah. I know it is, but it's not, I don't think many really be honest with you. Our partners take advantage of uh, the opportunities to share as much, uh, mainly because I think in other associations, they felt like maybe they were stepping on toes or yeah. overstepping their bounds. Um, in our association, you're a true partner, so there is none. And I'll give you a good example of it. This year at our, our upcoming NHSSCA National Conference in Minnesota, you referred to it. We're going to be back in person. Very excited about it. Uh, to right. be able to do that. We, we Part of our uh, Friday night and part of our a Saturday event will be partner mini sessions where it will actually be uh, 30 minutes, uh, the odd number boots. So there's no boots all squished together for social distancing uh, requirements. Um, we'll be able to present something to our group because our group is so invested at our conferences that they, they don't skip sessions. They don't go, well, there's nothing to watch now. So maybe I'll go down to the, the vendor area. We don't have that. We have a partner yeah. section. We're going to in, ingrain that into our conference. So then it becomes on the partner. Okay, what can you help the profession with? What can you demonstrate to them? What can you bring them in? And I think that's a pretty cool component. So um, if you're if you're a coach, Man, if you have a question, you don't understand something is absolutely appropriate to ask it there. You won't get ridiculed. As simple as you might think it is. Um, I can give you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of examples on there of people asking a simple task and almost embarrassed by it and getting a great response. No, mm-hmm. no negativity. If you're uh, if you're a coach that has a question on something that you've heard, man, I, I don't know about this or this technique or this piece of equipment. Um you're going to probably get a ton of, of, of answers that are really, that are really cool. So, um, and, and that just allows you to, I think our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter allows you to create connections with coaches. I think in, in the upcoming transition of our new website, that's coming up that we're building out is where we're going to be able to deliver content at a high, high rate. So I'm really excited about that. Um, hopefully in the next quarter, we'll have a little bit more detail on, on how that's coming. And obviously our certification will tie into that as well. That's coming too. We get those questions all the time, but we're going to do it right. We don't rush anything. Uh, we want it to be right. We want it to be right for the profession and the people in it. Yeah. Good. I got another question about how you approach partnerships and your partners. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with like a CEO of another company. We're talking says, you know, we really like the high school space. We want to go after the high school space. It happens all the time. And, um, you know, there's just 37,000 high schools. That's the big one. And they're, they're, you yeah. know, they're selling us. 
and uh, they, they think it's something that just kind of happens overnight. You know, they just have to decide to get involved and then guess what? And I try to tell them, you know, the high school space is not homogenous. Different coaches are in different situations. I mean, it's all very different. And it's, as big as the high school market is, it's still very relationship-based. You're not going to go in there and clean up just because you decided to do some marketing or some advertising. So, and I always recommend that they look into joining as a partner of the NHSSCA. But that being said, the NHSSCA doesn't allow any company to come in and become a partner overnight. There, there are some standards to it. Can you speak to that a little bit? What, what does the NHSSCA look for in a partner? And if, a, if someone is thinking about really, truly getting involved as a partner in the NHSSCA, what can they do to prepare for that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do have a limit. That's the first thing that's unique about our association is we have a, a, a cap to limit on the amount of partners that we that we will uh, have with us. And the, and the reasoning and rationale behind that is so that we can truly share uh, between the two companies. I think when you have too many people uh, inside a space, it becomes very difficult to provide opportunities for people to grow. It just becomes uh, a, a cluster, to be honest with yeah. you, and competitive and a lot of negativity to that. So what we look for first with, um, with anybody that we would and we would hope they would look to us as integrity. Um, and I, I believe, you know, you got to live true. I believe you have to demonstrate that you have integrity to provide. Again, I keep saying it for the profession and for the people in it. Uh, and and by the way, making money and, and income is not a bad thing. What you do with money and income can be a bad thing. So money in itself is not bad. So that's awesome. Not a problem as long as you're providing value to the profession. Um, and to the people in it, and you are you have integrity um, to it. You 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 say what you say, you do what you do, and you mean what you mean. Um, there is no undertakings. There is no uh, you know stealing of content or mixed mixed versions or no subversive tactics to other partners. We don't want to we don't want to want to deal with that. We really want to be upfront with everything we do. So um, yeah. that's that's what we that that's probably the initial. Get the initial discussions that we have with groups and find out what's their real purpose. And, and that's great that you want to be in the high school space. Fantastic. We wanted to be in the high school space too as a coach. So that's awesome. But what does that mean to you? What are you bringing to the table? Yeah. And, um, and, and hopefully, uh, and then what do you want from us? You know, there's going to be that conversation too. Well, how, how can we help and, um, and help support um, and, and feel, feel like we're not selling, but we're supporting. And I think that's big. I think when coaches feel like they are supporting and not selling, it's a different, it's a different entity. Yeah. So thinking from a perspective of, as a company, how can I be a, a positive and productive partner as opposed to, you know, how can I come in and scheme this thing and how can I come in and, you know, get the most exposure, squeeze every bit out. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of association where you come in the moment you pay your dues and you're like, hey, I'm here. Where's the business? There's a degree of relationship building that comes into play. And um, look, the high school space, people think of it, again, it's like a homogenous space where I'm going to kind of come in and put some money into this thing and get some exposure. You know, high, high school coaches take a lot of time to decide who they want to spend time with, especially when it comes to companies. You know, they're very discerning. Uh, I've talked to so many high school coaches that know so, so much about the different options and, and products and services available to them. And um, you have to think about the high school market as individual high school coaches, not as just a market that you come and make a presence in overnight. So would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons we, we our leadership is split into regions. We have eight regions. I think there's regional influences 
in, mm. in the profession. Uh, a strength and conditioning coach at the high school level in the Southeast is far different in requirements and attention than the Northwest. Good, bad, or ugly, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are different influences that way. Uh, it's also true that the budgets are a lot more limited than maybe the collegiate, the professional level. We know that, even private facilities. And so with that comes this. You have to be discerning as a coach because you may have one shot at this thing. It's not like if this uh, uh, a piece of equipment or this software or this uh, attachment doesn't work. I can go get another one. No, you might be living with that for a while. And so, mm-hmm. um, there is a, a greater discernment. And then there also comes with that as what people know. And if you have something that's new, that is unknown, you're going to have to prove its worth before people go ahead and purchase, because it's hard to, uh, just jump ship when you know that might be the only dollar I get to spend over the next five years. So it's a, it's a lot tighter. There are dollars there. There are great opportunities to connect uh, from a business standpoint, but without a shadow of a doubt, it's definitely uh, a lot more discerning. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, with a tight-knit group like NHSSGA, reputation goes a long way. Um, you know, how you, you work with someone. Uh, these coaches really rely on one another uh, to share information and to share experiences with other coaches, with, you know, leaders and with companies. Um, so, you know, when you say that the NHSCA is a family, uh, you better believe that these coaches rely on each other. And therefore, when something negative, you know, comes out, there's going to be some some repercussions. I mean, I'm sure we have personal experience with that, not not with our own reputations per se, but, but knowing seeing someone else suffer from that also. Yeah, I mean, we, we're very supportive of, of trying to get through it. And we've had great partners. So the great thing is we've never really had bad experiences because mm-hmm. our partners are so solid. Um, and uh, and I've, we've been blessed by that. Very, very, uh, I would like to say, again, we planned it that way. We were just very lucky that the, that the people were great that we, we accord. And when you look at the names across that, that, that partner with us, they are industry top leaders. And, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's fantastic. We're, we're, um, we're very blessed to have that, but you're right. Um, we are a, a family without any, that's why I said, that's my first go-to when people ask me what's so special about it. I said, it's just, it's a special community and, um, yeah, we take care of each other. Sure. Yeah. And to a degree, you know, you and, and Rich and the others, you, you kind of act as the gatekeepers for that. You know, you probably are very, very attentive to, you know, who- yeah, we have a, we have a fully functioning board um, mm-hmm. that that makes decisions separate from Rich, myself, Fred, and Kevin. Oh, we are, I see. Yeah, we are founding board members. Um, that we're, our, our our job as gatekeepers are to make sure that we stay true to our mission. That's I really see. our honest function. Um, and we have a full fledged board, um, that, that votes on everything. Uh, Gary does not have a vote. That's not, that's as a founding board member, that's not my function. My function is to make sure that, um, I see the forest through the trees. They're going to gotcha. be in the trees a lot. They're going to be doing a lot of things. I just need to make sure that is that, is that decision again, go to Jeremy Boone, one of my buddies, does that decision protect our mission? Is that, is that really driving it? And have you thought of these five things and these seven things and the way that it implicates or includes these people? And that that's our role. And we all have kind of uh, special gifts in regards to that. Um, and so we know we're, we're, we're true to it. We, we are um, board emeritus status. So that means we'll always be involved, but more as an advisory council than as a physical voting. Uh, we allow our regional boards to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I'm just a simple tech executive. I've never been in board in, uh, 
uh, involved in the corporate or association governance in my life. But yeah, that does make sense, obviously. Uh, cool. Okay. So it's, it's, it, pre- the- it, prevents, it prevents dominance from one individual, right? You yeah. know, by doing it that way, you know, and, and we have growth and leadership opportunities across the board. Yeah. 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 It makes perfect sense. Gotcha. Um, as for the future of the NHSSCA, I, I wanted to, you know, so I, I think maybe the pictures we can paint it today is that we have a lot of high schools, right? We don't have so many high schools that have a dedicated, perhaps certified strength coach. Uh, those coaches are easy, right? If they're reading triphasic, if they're if they're you know listening on webinars, they're going to gravitate. They're going to find the NHSSCA. But the majority of high schools have strength coaches, as you define them, someone in the weight room. But um, you, you know they're they're kind of in that gray area. How, how do you view that? Do you think one of the missions of NHSSCA is to reach out to these high schools and get at least one person involved in the Association, how do you view the high schools that don't have that that diehard strength coaches really, you know, dying to learn? Yeah, my, without a doubt, the biggest of our missions, I believe, is to connect mm. those connect those that are disconnected. As you say, the ones that are connected, we already got them. They mm-hmm. they know. I mean, they're going to know within the profession that this has inherent value, and they're going to be driven this way. Um, more of my attention is 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 trying to connect those that are disconnected, which is difficult to do because they're not plugged into Facebook and they don't know who Coach Gofield is, and so there is there is a, there is a driver that way, and they're used to doing things the way they've always done it, and they've won seven state championships. And why look mm-hmm. at something else? So we need to make sure. Again, our whole goal is that our, these kids play more, play better in an environment that allows them to thrive and in, they enjoy they enjoy athletics. And again, I don't know a coach that doesn't want to do that. So uh, that's a huge piece. I think our certification is going to be gigantic because our certification is not driven um, to have uh, only the, uh, the elite strength and conditioning coach be able to apply. You're not going to need uh, you know, if you're a math teacher that coaches baseball and takes his team in our certification, you're still going to be able to take now, mm-hmm. is it, you're going to have to study for it. Yes. But <laughs> it doesn't require, uh, that you have to, uh, have a, you know, a master's degree in a certain, uh, mm-hmm. field of study and, and pass, uh, you know, uh, a scientifically based exam. What we're trying to do with our certification is put it in the hands of the coaches that need it. Um, and, um, it, whether you're certified or in another venue or not, this, this one will fit. So I do believe, uh, fervently that every, uh, high school should, if you're in the weight room, you should have a qualified individual in that weight room. Now certification is just part of qualification. Qualification means I'm certified, I'm educated, and I'm experienced. I, I believe that to be an equal room on a campus as much as a, as a, is a swimming pool. And just because I have a health and PE teaching certificate and we're going to have a swim class, I guarantee you this, they'd make me have my lifeguard license. But when it comes in the weight room, well, he's a so-and-so coach. Well, he's a big guy. Well, he played in college. Well, look, and he knows how to lift. So let him do it. No, that's not good enough. It's not good enough for our students. It's not good enough for our profession. And both as an educator and as a coach, we should demand more. And it shouldn't be that you paid more. It should be that you got to go find them more. And the day and age of a football coach saying, you know what, I'm taking over the weight room because I don't like how our football team finished last year and I'm going to run the weight room should be over, should be over. That's John Wayne stuff. That stuff should move out. Yet it happens over and over and over again. And believe me, 
If you know anything, when I get passionate about something, I'm going to try to see it through. And so I'm working hard with legislative bodies. I have six states right now that I'm working with legislative bodies to try to get this enacted. And it'll, 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 it'll come. I'm telling you, in our lifetime, it'll come because we're going to supply an opportunity uh, that is available to all. And it's a renewable certificate that you will then be able to show that you have some qualified status to be in that room. It makes so much sense. Uh, the certificate kind of provides an objective, right? Instead of inviting someone to be a part of the group and listen and learn, the, the certificate is a defined goal for them to kind of be a part of the organization. So I'm excited about the certificate. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, people have been talking about it for a long time. A lot of people have been excited for a long time, but yes. all, all good things are worth the wait. So um, can't wait for that. You mentioned PE a little bit. How do we look at PE as an association? Um, to say a little bit from my experience, you know, team builders involved quite a bit with SHAPE. That's the national governing body um, for PE. And I don't see a lot of strength and conditioning in it. Um, you know, I was surprised. And uh, we're trying to introduce more of our speakers that are members of the NHSSA, John Bauer, and so on. Um, but you know, where does PE fit into all this? Is that a, an avenue, an opportunity for our association? Or how, how does that fit? Yeah, certainly. I think a lot of them that become faculty members like myself, when I taught uh, classes during the day, it was a physical education class. Now, there's an argument that maybe it should be science because PE is kind of thrown to the woods recently. Um, I'm not going to argue that. I think PE has a standing more so today than ever before. Um, We look at the pandemic and the effects on the people that had comorbidities or Mm -hmm. out of shape or overweight um, and look at the health effects that this has occurred versus those that weren't and tell me that physical education is not important. I think it's more important today than it was in the 60s when John F. Kennedy made a famous speech about about the, the fitness level meaning something as a citizen. And so, we know more now than ever today, yet we're, we feel like we're further behind today more than ever. Yeah. And these are well, lifelong because, implications. Yeah. We, we chase things. We chase test scores and we chase homework and we chase academics and we chase STEM. And we say, well, that's going to make us better. We're, we're falling behind in the world because we don't take enough robotics classes. When the reality mm-hmm. is what we need is a holistic approach mm-hmm. uh, and, and athletics and physical arts and physical education is a physical art is just as important as the uh, as the fine arts is just as important as the science art. Um, so I, I don't say one's worse than the other or better than the other, but it should be a holistic approach, and we should we should approach it that way. Physical education should not be uh, rolling a dodgeball out and then someone reading a newspaper while the kids play. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, any more than a weight a weight room should be a guy putting a, a workout up on a whiteboard and sitting there and letting them work out. Uh, we we should be educators, and so in order to be education, I, I think there's two pathways. Um, I think you can. Uh, have wellness, and I think you can have athletic development. The difference between athletic, uh, an athlete, and general athleticism, to me, is competition. So my wife, uh, I think she should be able to run. She should be able to jump. She should be able to push and pull. The difference between her and an athlete is she doesn't have to outcompete people on that. The last time I checked, she's not sprinting into a store to box someone out to get a bottle of milk. It's not happening. So the athlete has Maybe to out- March. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The athlete has to outjump somebody. So, but both people, whether you're in a wellness plan or whether you're in an athletic development plan, need to have uh, physical development. So 
that's where physical education comes into play. And it should be far more than just competitive or recreational games. There should be a fitness component to it. So um, at uh, Blessed Greater Atlanta Christian School, where I taught for 20 years, we I was the PE chair. So we had a long-term wellness development plan and we had a long-term athletic development plan. And then kids could choose. And they would say, I'm not an athlete, but I want to train like one. Okay. Well then you're in the athletic development plan. And that's where it fits really well. Um, and then it's not just all about bigger, faster, stronger, but it's with what intent am I trying to do those things? Mm. So in, in short here, and maybe I'm not doing it justice, but the NHSSCA and the strength coach at the high school level has a future separate of PE, but they're, they do complement each other and they can work together. Is that the preference that, that PE and athletic development work together at the high school level? Is that the yeah, ideal I, model? I, sure. I, I'm biased, but I believe the ideal model is for them to be an active, engaged faculty member, not just the staff person. Mm-hmm. I believe that the best way to approach the high school student is to actually be engaged during the day. When you're a mm-hmm. before and after school person, Mm-hmm. or you're just doing it as a coach, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you have as much of an opportunity to make impact beyond bigger, faster, stronger. I know that I was, I was, you know, in a direct faculty member of heck sidewalk supervision of parking lot supervisions and stuff you think when, well, why are you doing that? But you ingrained in a community. We talked about that word earlier within the, the NHSSCA, but I think within a school practice, when you are a full-time faculty member, first of all, the benefits are better. The association's better. The, the chance of you getting fired by a sport coach is less when you're a faculty member. And so I think that's, that's the approach that I believe. And again, I'm biased is a much better uh, full-fledged approach because then you can see things. You can see how maybe, you know what, maybe they need a recovery day-to-day because they had six exams. Mm-hmm. But when I'm just a strength coach, I'm worried about just the strength coach stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I think sometimes you can get, again, it's seen the forest through the trees. I think a full-time faculty to me is the ideal situation. I like it being in the physical education department. Um, and I believe physical education should be part of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And it should be STEAM. The A should be arts for fine arts and physical arts. But that's mm. uh, that's my opinion. Well, that, look, that seems like a worthy goal. It also seems like a really steep goal. I mean, is this, is this like a lifelong pursuit to, to uh, you know? Yeah, I hope it's not lifelong, Hewitt. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I hope it's within my lifetime. I, I, here's, mm. here's the things. People say things like that. And I look and I'm like, why? Mm. Why? Give me the better reason why it shouldn't be. And it's not. It's lazy or it's, you know, because I want to control it because I want to make $125,000 a year as a coach. Well, that's BS. Let's do what's right for the kids and let's step up to the plate. And so um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think here's what it takes. Here's, here's the honest to goodness what it takes is people for it to matter, not just verbally, but matter. Go out and matter. Go out, go out and find out who the 10 schools you play with, who's running, who's in the weight room there and go visit with them and go make a connection and say, Hey man, be part of this group. And all of a sudden we have 90,000 members. Guess what? Things are going to change. Yeah. Like there's power in numbers. But when people go, well, I'm just worried about me and I'll just worry about me and I'll worry about my school. Maybe it doesn't grow as much, but when we decide, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm going to worry about this profession. Yeah. I think I think it can radically change if we all went out and just added ten people. I mean, our, our numbers would be to the point where we'd be probably if if we just did that, we would be the largest association of fitness professionals in the United States. And yeah. like, that's all it would take. Yeah, like, yeah, all it would take. Stepping outside of your personal situation, whether it be good or bad, 
and realizing yeah. that this association is going to be the key to making these big structural changes in the U.S. school system. Yeah, that's how things move, right? Numbers move things. Numbers move things. That's numbers vote. Numbers move. Numbers influence. Yeah. And so I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big believer that it's very capable. We've had individuals decide I'm going to get involved and make huge changes in very short periods of time. So I, I think it can happen. I think all we yeah. need is just more of them. Just more. <laughs> yeah. And that look that is a worthy, inspiring goal. You know, to, to structurally change the system for the better. Yeah. Uh, on top of what we're already doing with educating coaches in the positions that they're currently in. Um, yeah, and our association, cool. no one gets paid in our association. We give back 100%, goes back in. And, you know, imagine imagine that we could go to a rural or an urban school that, that doesn't have finances and be able to radically change from floor to equipment to software to everything and give, a, give us – imagine being able to do that. Imagine being mm-hmm. able to do that multiple times a year. That's within the grasp of people. Like that's yeah. – that's that's what we talk about when we say equip, educate, equip, and empower. That's within our grasp. And I'm like, so I see that, and I'm like, I'm not giving up because I, I would love in my lifetime to see that. I yeah. want to see that, yeah. So for you personally, Gary, um, who are you interested in talking to now? now I, I know you coach coaches. I know you mentor coaches, and that's always going to be a part of, of what you do, I suspect. But are you, are you interested in getting in rooms and talking to athletic directors? Do you want to talk to principals, superintendents, or these people on your radar that you want to get in front of? Yeah, absolutely. I think people that make decisions are people that, that, that I need to get in front of. Right. So obviously I do consulting. I work with coaches. I, I train athletes still. Um, mm. but, 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 but I, but the people that are making decisions, that's the, that's the people that I want to talk to. Like, say, do you know, because here's the deal and and it's not, it's not ego driven. It's not arrogant driven. It's this. I, I can't, I lose count of how many times I've made a mistake on a decision I made because I didn't know what I didn't know. I just want them to know what I didn't know. Just, just know this. Then you make your own decisions. You're very intelligent, smart people, but make the decisions based upon what you know. You're relying on individuals that don't know to tell you, and you, they don't know. So if your sport coach doesn't know, he's not going to be able to tell you. He doesn't mean any harm by it. But I want to get in front of stakeholders that, so that they can they don't have the excuse of not knowing. I, it, the ignorant excuse, and it's not necessarily ignorant. That's probably a bad term. It's just they just don't know. They don't know where to go to get the info, and that's 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 a that's a driving factor. So yes, I I, I do a lot of talks when I'll go in and I'll get with communities and talk about building building programming the correct way and trying to trying to do things to, to coordinate. And, and it's just getting in front of those people as much. And it's, and it's ADs, it's principals, it's sport coaches, it's strength coaches. And by the way, parents, and, and those, those five kind of key components are the people that if we all get on the same page, insanely magical things happen. Yeah. Is it challenging to, to, to get in front of ADs and principals yeah. and, and, and get them to see? It is. Time, time is an issue, um, whether they feel value in those meetings or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's trying to get through and utilize. That's where connection matters, right? Mm-hmm. So I can communicate all I want. It's being able to have the connection. Maybe it's with the coach that has, you know, I'm trying to, all right, you got you to develop those relationships so those people think if it matters to you, it must matter. So then maybe we, we can have, we can have deeper conversations. So, uh, yes, it's not, it's certainly not easy. Um, but, um, but I think there's opportunities there. Yeah. There's always, there's always opportunities and things that aren't easy. 
Like yeah. everyone, everyone wants to go low hanging fruit, right? To me, yeah. I don't know. Low hanging fruit doesn't provide the greatest of opportunities. I yeah. like, I want the fruit that's high up because that's probably the freshest. I want yeah. that. And so, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. Filling a webinar room with, with stream coaches at the high school level, it, it's good work. It's impactful work. Um, but yeah, I, I can see where focusing and targeting more on decision makers like ADs and, and booster clubs, that's going to move the needle in the long run. Um, Harder to get in the room, harder to get their attention. I get yeah. that. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, we got a couple of minutes left here, so I'll pivot yeah. one last time. I want to talk about play. I want to talk about Play Academy because um, your colleague, uh, Coach Clay Buley, is that right? Mike Buley, yep. Mike Buley, I'm sorry. Clay's yeah. also an NHSSC. Yeah, absolutely. You get a lot of crossover hanging out in that group yeah. too much. Uh, Mike Buley built this awesome product. I remember the first time he showed me, I was like, you're, you're a lifelong strength coach and you're building this stuff. And, you know, it's really impressive. Crazy. <laughs> um, play Academy is probably the most exciting project. I think that you know, at least you're involved with that play right now. You can talk a little bit about that because, you know, when we think about, like you said, contents out there, uh, there's a lot, you can find it. So if play is committing to making a content education play, then you must have some sort of unique insight or some unique approach to it. And I'm just wondering what that is. Sure. You know, uh, the mission of play and, and people ask me all the time why uh, I, I kind of, went the path I went in my career and, 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 and plays a unique company that has a very driven mission and makes decisions based on protecting that mission, as we talked about before. And it's to innovate and deliver high performance solutions and world-class experiences to those who refuse second best. Now, a lot of places have great, cool sounding missions like that posted on a wall, but actually making decisions like this prove that they actually live true as a core value to this mission. What I mean by that is I've never experienced a company that gives as much to the profession as they expect back from it. Like I, 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 as a coach, I was blown away by it. So they intrigued me. They lured me in to these discussions and play Academy is one of those things. Coach Ron McKeefrey, when he was with play, I had started a, a, a program called play pro and it was uh kind of the netflix uh section of strength and condition and a great resource an unbelievable resource so he created this world-class foundation which coach mike buley who was at dayton georgia tech and most recently clemson basketball came on as the director of uh of education and performance for play and he has created, taken that concept of Play Pro and that content-driven resource and added almost a social media side to it, like a community component to it. So you're getting that professional content, personal connections. That's a tagline of, of, my, uh, of my consulting work, but we use it over there as well. It's professional mm-hmm. content, content and personal connections. And you get this Great communal structure. So, for instance, right now um, on that portal, playacademy.com, P L A E academy.com, we have a, a play high school coach and mentorship. We had 80 coaches join. It's a 20 week, bit really kind of course structure where we have four mentors, world class, national renowned uh, strength and conditioning coaches, my, myself as well, on, my, on Mondays. Every week, depending upon the topic, again, 20, 20 weeks, 20 different uh, topics, they get uh, an on-demand presentation parsed out in small portions. None of us have time to sit for an hour and listen. So it's broken down into small five, 10-minute uh, pieces. So you can do that and progress with a little quiz at the bottom and make sure you understood everything. Um, and so you get 20 hours of stuff from me. On Monday, you get that. On Tuesday, you get one of the mentors speaking on the same topic. 
Why did we do that? Well, we did that because if I speak on a topic and someone else does, there's going to be some things that are the same, some things that are different. We wanted to teach coaches it's okay to disagree. Mm. It's okay. There's not one right way or we would have already figured it out. We wouldn't have podcasts. We would just do the right way. Mm. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then they have a live Zoom meeting with their mentor in the small group. They're just in a Mm. small group and they're able to interact. All during this, they have interactions and discussion boards going. So they're interacting with each other. Thursday, they have the live interaction with me. And then Friday, they get an assignment. They turn it in Saturday. They get positive review on it. and, And we go through that process. So it's it's like a really in-depth, the best comment we got was from a 25-year veteran that said, in 25 years of coaching, this is the first time I've had to rethink everything I've done. And Mm. after getting my master's degree, I wish I would have done this instead. I feel like I'm learning more. So I'm like, wow, this is powerful. So um, it's, if you've not explored it, it's, it's, an unbelievable exploration into just some, some great content. And again, parsed out where they're uh, it's good content because information has changed. The, the technology and that we live in and you embrace and I embrace uh, has brought information to us. We used to have to go to school and libraries and books um, and it was hard to get that information. So we valued the authority when we got the information, this must be right. Well, today information can come from anywhere. It can come from just a crazy person can put a post out, no knowledge at all, but he just puts it out there. So it's now changed from getting information to whether that information is quality or not. Understanding is it, is it good. And so what Play Academy uh, tries to do, just like Play Pro did, is give you a resource that you know this is quality. That's one less thing I have to worry about. But then you got to go to the next level. Now, how do you create connections with that? And so that's kind of where we're driving. And then the big thing I think that radically changes the game for us is if you go to an event, professional development at in any level has always been this way, always up until now, always been this way. You go to an event and they teach you these eight things or six things that you go to, and that's what you get. Might not be what you needed. Maybe I needed more on movement screening and speed. And no one presented it at this conference. So I had to learn what I learned. Well, Play Academy now allows you to create your own professional development program over a year. I'm going to focus on these areas. It's broken down into areas. So you can tie down and go, I want to I build a better understanding in these areas. And I can create my own professional development package delivered to me right in my home. It resembles like a college curriculum. You're going to pick a major, but you have a, you have a pool, right? You can kind of Correct. define what you what you want to create of within yep. your major. Yeah, makes sense, man. And and you know, to your point about connection, um, connection in my experience can accelerate the application of information. You know, we get information yep. formally and formally. But when you have other people around, first, the learning process I think is accelerated when you talk. You know, learn, teach another. You've heard of that method. Um, and then just having other humans interact with will accelerate the application. There's no doubt uh, about that. Very 100%. Easy. I always say it's you got to be able to squeeze the sponge out. So too many coaches are a sponge and they just absorb it. Uh, yeah. And if yeah. you get an opportunity every now and then to squeeze your own sponge out, now I can mm-hmm. fill it back up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so that, that communal talk of, hey, this is how I did it, is not look at me. It's let me do this so now I can fill back up again. So yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and, and again, to your point about having two separate coaches speak on the same topic, mm-hmm. I had some firsthand personal experience with this. 
kind of unrelated. I took an avalanche safety course because I don't want to die in an avalanche doing the things I like to do for fun. Um, and a very intensive course, right? This is life or death stuff. They, you have a mentor instructor and then they switch you. You have to go do another one. And uh, yeah, I was kind of pissed because I liked my instructor. I was like really jiving with him. I was really kind of getting it right. And then the next day I have someone new and um, awesome, right? Just they're saying the same things. You're using different words, different perspective. And it's so helpful. It, it's, 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 I couldn't even explain it. But after yeah. that, that, that switch, I was like, I get it now. I get why you do this yeah. because we're learning the same things. We're learning a different way. We're using different words. People are different. It's that unique kind of human component you have to take into account. So well done on that. Yeah. 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 We just want to, we want to challenge the things we look again, it's that play mentality of innovate and deliver. So looking at, okay, what's the struggle right now in online? Well, it's these, these little fights and debates. And we're like, mm. why don't we just attack that straight up the uh, uh, right, off, right off the head and, and, and deal with it and have potential conflicts, but make it, make it done in a way that you realize yeah. that's not a conflict. It's okay. Yeah. It's a productive environment, which is totally different from the wild West, which is the, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which again, you guys do a great job of, um, of, you know, controlling or if that's the right word, quality yeah. control is what I like to call an NHSSTA, yeah. just a yeah. good group of people. Um, Gary, with that, man, I'm going to go and wrap up. Thanks again for your generosity to team builder, especially. Um, but with your friendship with me, I'm grateful for it. I appreciate it. And, uh, it was too long before I had you on here, but I'm glad I got you on and coaches can listen to this. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Always, always a pleasure hanging with you. All right. Talk to you soon. See you this summer. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you would like us to discuss on our format, go ahead and reach out to me. My email is hewitt at teambuilder.com. Thanks again for listening.